sustainable consuming futures. That's what I want to talk about today. So stay tuned. Hi, Tony Hines here, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. Thanks for dropping by today. Every day, the machine starts again. And what I mean by that statement is that every day, we enter a life where resources are extracted, consumed, and of course, we make decisions about how those resources are extracted, transported, consumed, and what we do with the waste at the end of the cycle, in the end-to-end supply chain. So today I want to talk about how we could improve things, do things better, and of course, have a consuming future that's less consuming. The way we organise production, the way we organise transportation, the way we organise our operations, and of course, the way we organise the end-to-end supply chain, all have a part to play in how we can improve things. So let's think about where we are right now and what we could do to make things better. Industrial society is complex. And of course, when we think of industrial society and the process, it's become known as degenerative. And when we use the term degenerative, it's take, make, use, dispose. And those are the processes that are involved in how we think about the world, or have done, in developing that industrial society. And this generates mass consumption, and of course, it's on a grand scale. And it pushes the wheels of capitalism round as incomes are generated, profits are earned, and, well, the rest is beneath the radar, or has been, until very recently. Industrial society is what we refer to as the take, make, use and lose economy. We take energy, we take materials, we make something, we use it, and then we lose it. We waste heat and we waste matter or material. So that's what the take, make, use and lose economy looks like. Meaning that we take resources, maybe metal, out of the ground and we work with those metals through industrial processes to turn them into something useful in machines that we develop or use materials to create other products that we want. So that degeneration, it depletes the metal once we take it away. It's no longer in raw form. It's gone into a process that's manufactured and turned into something else. And at the end of its useful life as a product that we initially wanted... It has to be got rid of. And in the process of decommissioning plant or equipment, then we have to obviously have processes in place that deal with waste. So, for example, we might extract oil, coal, gas and other materials such as metals from the ground. And in the case of energy, oil, coal and gas that we pull from under land or under sea in the extraction process... We burn it and we create carbon dioxide, which goes into the atmosphere, turning nitrogen and phosphorus into fertilizer and offloading it as effluent from agricultural runoff and sewage is something else we do. We take up the forests and we mine the metal and the minerals and we create products. And then we produce goods that we might also turn into some form of waste, which could be e-waste in the case of computers and 
electrical goods, or it could be toxic chemicals that leak out into the soil, the water and the air. Now, many of the products that we've made from the industrial processes have improved our lives immensely. And that's because the products that we have needed to exist, to make lives easier. Think of all the household appliances that you have around. You've got washing machines, you've got cookers, you've got dryers. They're all made out of metal and copper wire and minerals that come from the earth. And of course, they're driven by electric energy or In the case of some cookers, they might use gas. So they're burning fossil fuel to generate the energy to drive them. And nobody denies that those things have made lives easier for people. And they are, of course, useful products while they're in existence. But once they come to the end of their useful life, then those materials have to be repurposed, refocused, reused in some way, if we're not to create waste. And that's a tricky part of the supply chain to manage, and we'll talk about that a little more. Well, let's consider some of the practical things we can do for ourselves to help the planet, the people, the profit, and of course, protect the planet and have those materials used in a sustainable and responsible way. We talked about repurposing and reusing materials, and that's a great way to reduce the waste. We can do simple things like use containers that we can use more than once. So instead of Having a container, maybe a milk carton or a glass bottle, and simply disposing of it, we use it again and again. And we were probably better at this in the past, when milk was delivered on a daily basis in a bottle. Then we used to put the empty bottle out for the next day, and the milkman would pick it up, and they'd clean the bottle out and reuse it. And that helps reduce the waste. So reusable containers is one very good way to think about cutting the waste. We can also donate any used goods, such as clothing, furniture, electronics, to charities or thrift stores. And that can help extend the life of the products as they are to reduce waste. Or it might also be the case that those items find the way to be broken up and some of the material extracted and reused again, repurposed in another way. We can buy second-hand items instead of buying new all the time. And some second-hand items will still have useful life. It just happens to be that the person that might have bought them new doesn't need them, doesn't want them anymore. And that way we can reduce waste by giving a new life to those second-hand items rather than simply just throw it away and it gets put in landfill. Composting at home is a great way to reduce waste by turning food scraps and other organic material into nutrient-rich soil. And that's a very important process, really, to, to compost materials and to compost food, particularly, rather than simply put it in a waste bin and it gets put in landfill, where it gives off methane gas and does other stuff that we don't want it to do. We should avoid single-use items. Now, there are lots of plastic bags and plastic straws and plastic utensils for takeaway food, and all those kinds of products should really be avoided, and actually that would force the companies that use them to do the right thing and have reusable items rather than items which are just used once and thrown away. 
There are, of course, laws in some countries that stop people from doing that, but when you see the amount of plastic waste there is around, the film plastic that's on a container that brings you food in another plastic container, some of the plastic is obviously recyclable, but much of it isn't, you have to throw it away. And then you could shop locally to reduce air miles or transport cost and the pollution that that causes. And so many people might prefer to shop at local markets rather than have their goods imported from faraway places around the globe. And that makes sense where it's possible to do so. And you should think about everything that you buy so that you're having much less of an impact on this waste process. So there's a few practical things we could all do. Waste, of course, has many negative impacts on the environment. It can cause climate change, releasing greenhouse gases such as carbon dioxide and methane into the atmosphere, which we've talked about. It can impact the health of people and animals and, of course, plant life. Through the improper waste disposal, which leads to soil and water pollution, and it's harmful to wildlife and, of course, to plant life. So when we talk about sustainable consuming futures, we need to find better ways to repurpose, reuse, refocus those materials that we've once used to be used again so that we don't commit them to waste by simply putting them back into landfill sites. So what else can we do? Let's go further up the supply chain and look at the first stage in that process where we actually extract the materials from the ground. Extracting materials from the earth can have a significant impact on the environment. However, there are several ways to extract materials without causing pollution and waste. One way to reduce the environmental impact of extraction is to reduce, reuse and recycle, which we've talked about. This involves reducing the amount of waste generated by reusing and recycling materials. Another way to reduce the environmental impact of extraction is to use environmentally friendly methods such as bioremediation, phytoremediation and electrokinetics. Bioremediation is the use of microorganisms to break down or remove contaminants from soil and water and phytoremediation is the use of plants to remove contaminants from soil and water. Electrokinetics is a process that uses an electric field to move charged particles through soil and water and these methods can help reduce the environmental impact of extraction. We can use renewable energy sources, solar, wind, to reduce the environmental impact of extraction by reducing greenhouse gas in emissions. So if we can just switch from what we're used to using and generate reusable energy, which comes from the sun or from wind, that could improve the processes. Reducing water usage during extraction can also help reduce the environmental impact of extraction. So use sustainable mining practices such as reducing waste, minimising water and using renewable energy sources as we've suggested. All reduce the environmental impact. We can also use green energy principles such as reducing waste, using safer chemicals and minimising energy usage to help reduce the environmental impact of extraction. Biodegradable plastics made from renewable sources such as cornstarch can be used to reduce the environmental impact of the plastic production. In medicine, we can simplify the synthesis of pharmaceuticals using green chemistry principles. 
Green solvents or biosolvents such as water and alcohol can replace petrochemical solvents. All of those things will reduce the impact on the environment. Polystyrene alternatives made from starch or cellulose can be used to reduce the environmental impact of polystyrene production. Paint and pigment chemistry, that reduces the use of volatile organic compounds and heavy metals can also be made using green chemistry. Designing better supply chain strategies and operations can help reduce waste. And here are some of the strategies we could consider to do that. We start with the end point first when we design our supply chain and we consider what happens at the end of life for the products we're about to make. This will help our decisions and it will determine the waste volume that goes to landfill. And we need a strategic plan to deal with the waste at the end of life that minimises the impact of the waste. We need to be efficient in the way we manage our resources. We have to evaluate the whole supply chain, not just a piece of it, not just our piece of it, but from start to finish, the end-to-end supply chain needs to be considered. And efficient resource management can help businesses reduce waste by optimising processes throughout the supply chain, from the point of extraction to the point of consumption. Explore, evaluate and implement the right waste equipment tools and strategies. Lower the carbon footprint. Think of ways that that can be done. Maybe it's better environmental, social and governance aspects of that supply chain that become a focal point for what happens within it. And enterprises have to explore the right types of equipment that they can use and the right strategies to reduce waste in the production processes. You have to get all the suppliers, everybody in the supply chain on board. All the partners in that supply chain have to be brought together to think about ways in which the whole supply chain can reduce waste and its impact on the environment. Optimise inventory, reduce waste through overstocking, reduce lead times and improve order accuracy. All of those things reduce waste. Enforce upstream and downstream reporting. Get the information, get the data so you understand what's going on in your supply chain and how you can affect that by doing things better. Or you can take corrective action if you know something's going astray. Cut your carbon footprint. Businesses with lean manufacturing and distribution models will positively impact brand image and customer experience. And when you look at some of the research from Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, they often say in the surveys that they change their buying habits and the way in which they consume resources to make sure it doesn't damage the environment. And they're looking for sustainability. Sustainability is right at the top of their agenda. So if you're not going to change because you want to, you might at least think about whether you want to exist into the future and how your products are going to be consumed, purchased and used by Gen Z, Gen Y and future generations. Now what's different in the circular economy is we take renewable materials and when we make things, we think regeneratively at every stage. And so what that means, we regenerate and capture value at each stage where decomposition takes place in those materials. We think in a different way about the way in which materials flow through the system. So regenerate and restore is the focus. And when we talk about restoring, we think repair, reuse, refurbish, recycle. And this way, we have minimum loss, both in 
energy terms and in the material. So we've got energy, water and food at the centre of our social foundation because that's the stuff of life, isn't it? And beyond that, we have the ecological ceiling and that's the link where we've got safe and just space for humanity to grow and it's a space in which we can have a regenerative and distributive economy. So a place where we can do things but we don't do damage. So we don't uh, affect climate, we don't acidify the oceans, we don't pollute the atmosphere with chemicals or nitrogen and phosphate, we don't deplete the water supplies, we don't convert too much land, we don't lose biodiversity, we control air pollution and we don't have ozone layer depletion. As we think about our sustainable consuming future and some of the important messages contained in this program so far, we can perhaps distill it into a manifesto for action. And so here are 10 principles. If you recall nothing else from the episode, remember these 10 principles. They're central to securing that sustainable future. Number one, reduce, reuse and recycle. Number two, use renewable energy sources. Number three, protect biodiversity. Maintain that healthy ecosystem. Number four, promote social equity. It's important that everyone has access to resources. They need to live a sustainable life. Number five, support local communities. Local communities help promote sustainability by reducing environmental impact of transport and they promote the local economies. Number six, minimize waste. Begin right at the start by thinking, how can I minimize waste in my daily life and for everything I produce and everything I make? Number seven, promote sustainable agriculture. We need better ways to protect the environment, better ways to produce food, and of course, give access to that healthy food. And you might want to listen to my special about food. Number eight, reduce carbon emission. If you can reduce the carbon emissions, that's essential to protect the climate and to promote sustainability. And that needs to be happening right now. Number nine, protect natural resources. We need to make sure we've got sufficient water, good quality air and soil. Those are the essentials of life. And finally, number 10, promote innovation. Innovation drives progress to more sustainable futures and to more sustainable consuming futures, which is what we've talked about today. When it comes to sustainable consuming futures, each of us has our part to play, whether we're involved in procurement, operations, in supply chain strategies and the design of those systems that we work with on a daily basis, or in transport and logistics in those particular aspects, if we're managing the way in which we move goods around, then we all have an opportunity to lower the bad effects on the planet and its sustainability. So, I hope you'll remember the points and try to put those points into actionable practices in your own supply chain. So that's it for today. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Hope you found it useful. And I'll see you next time in the Chain Reaction Podcast. Bye for now.
You've been listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, written, presented and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains, and we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon, all things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.